Every task we perform has a process that if completed correctly from start to finish, yields a particular result. When building a business, it's important to design systems that will result in the desired outcome no matter who performs the task. Creating effective business systems often unifies the problem solving and decision making of the organization. So, why do businesses often overlook or underplan their business infrastructure? My name is Ronika Jacobs and you found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. Proper systems get proper results. My next guest, Alicia Butler-Pierre, is helping people strive for more in the area of business infrastructure. Alicia is the founder and CEO of Equilibria Incorporated, a 15-year-old operations management firm. She specializes in increasing bandwidth for fast-growing organizations via business infrastructure. Alicia hosts the weekly business infrastructure, Curing Back Office Blues podcast. She's also the author of the two-time Amazon bestseller, Behind the Facade, How to Structure Company Operations for Sustainable Success. In this episode, Alicia will share how she is committed to helping business owners do the right thing the right way and inspire them with her mantra to leave it better than you found it. Hi, Alicia. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. How are you? I am doing so well, Renika, and thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. I am the lucky one because you are so knowledgeable, and I can't wait for you to share all of your knowledge and expertise with my listeners. You help businesses with infrastructure. For those of us who do not know, what exactly is business infrastructure? Great Great leading question, and let's start with what you first said, infrastructure, and then you were very specific about the type of infrastructure, and the reason that's important, Renika, is because I always start with the word infrastructure. When most of us hear that word, we either think of transportation or IT, and what I tell Mm. people is just like if you think of transportation infrastructure and how it links highways, byways, roads, public transportation, whether it be buses or rail systems, the airlines, that's all considered infrastructure because they are networked together to 
be able to seamlessly move people and goods about as efficiently as possible. Well, when we talk about business infrastructure, it's the same principle. You want to be able to take the people, the processes, and the tools and technologies that make up your business and make sure that they are linked or networked together so that your business can scale in a profitable and sustainable way. Makes sense. Makes sense because it, it's cyclical in a, in a sense when you're doing your business and everything is tied together. Exactly. Okay, so you graduated with a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering from Louisiana State University. You have an MBA mm-hmm. from Tulane University and a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt certification. So how did you develop an interest in operations management with all that education? <laughs> Believe it or not, it actually all is operations. And when, and I've, I'm still, I still have to remind myself from time to time, Ranika, that people don't necessarily know what's meant by the word operations. So operations is literally all of the different tasks or activities or steps that you go through to provide or produce a final good or service. So when I was a chemical engineer, I was literally making these different chemical or petrochemical type products. And so I worked as a process engineer, and that was all operations driven. And by the time I was maybe into my second or third year of working as an engineer, I was like, there are a lot of business decisions that are being made, and I don't necessarily understand the reason or the rationale behind those decisions. And that's what prompted me to go back to business school. So I was going to school at night while I was working full-time during the day, and by the time I finished up my MBA, I relocated. I was living in New Orleans. I relocated to Atlanta, and that's when I started my company. And I thought, well, how can I leverage or tap into the knowledge that I had up to that point and use this to start a business. I didn't start off wanting to start a business, I should say. I should point that out. I actually came to Atlanta looking for a job, and that didn't happen. But eventually I did start my own company, and it it morphed into what it is today. Well, I tell you, even myself with my podcast, I am a business, and I do definitely have business operations. Um, I'm a systems girl. I wouldn't be able to have my podcast without having systems. There's a system for my guests. There's a system for how to publish. There's a system for everything. So why do you think I love small it. businesses? Yeah, so why, do, so why do you think small businesses overlook the operations part of their business? I wish you could be an advocate for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, are, there are a number of reasons. And to be honest with you, it's not sexy. It's mm. not talked about, Renika. And when you think about, and I'm sure you, you can relate to this, being that you've been in business as long as you've been in business, when you think about all of these different webinars and workshops and summits and all of these different programs that are designed to help us as small business owners and entrepreneurs, have you ever seen anything about operations, like how to actually improve the things that you currently do? It's almost right. never included. Right. <laughs> they talk about profit, grow on your profit. Grow yes, on your profit. exactly. It's, 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 <laughs> yes. No, I'm so glad you – okay, good that you said it, and I didn't have to. Um, just so that other people know, it's not just 
Alicia is saying these things, you know, Renika can, can validate it. It's true. Most of these programs are centered around the sales and marketing-related activities, branding, promotion, PR, publicity. And, yes, all of those things are very important, especially when you're first starting out. But what happens, Renika, when you have invested into those Facebook ads and now you have a different type of problem? You've gone from not, from, from not having enough people know about what you offer to too many. And now you realize, oh, my gosh, if we don't start looking at our operations, we can implode. So we always talk about the reason why so many small businesses fail, and there, there are a gazillion reasons, one of the top ones being you simply don't have enough customers. Well, there are also businesses that fail because they have too many customers. They simply can't keep up with the demand, and they can't keep up with the demand oftentimes because they aren't like you and they don't have an appreciation for the processes and systems that are needed to make sure they can deliver on their promises to their customers. So for the new entrepreneur, where's the first Mm -hmm. place he or she can start when thinking about their business's infrastructure? I like to tell people to think of it in terms of answering four basic questions. Question number one, what work needs to be done? You want to come up with a listing of everything that needs to be done, no matter how mundane or how complex, whether it's performed on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual basis. Capture a listing of all of those job tasks or activities that have to be performed in your company. The second question you want to ask is, okay, now that you know what work needs to be performed, who will actually do that work? Even if you don't have those resources currently in place, you want to start getting into the mindset of figuring out how you're actually going to grow or scale your company and the people that are required to help you make that happen. The third question that you want to ask yourself, or for for anyone who's a new entrepreneur, how is the work that you've identified, how is that work organized into departments? I have worked with so many small businesses who think, oh, well, that's just something that large corporations or large, larger organizations do. No, start thinking about that now so that as you continue to grow and build out your company, as you hire more people, they'll understand what the structure of your company actually looks like. And then the last question I would encourage people to think about as they're starting a business for the first time is, what are the processes? What, how, in other words, how will you define the work that actually needs to be done? So that whether I do the, the task, Renika does the task, Jane Doe does the task, the end result will roughly always be the same. That makes a lot of sense. So then where does customer service fall in line with business operations? Oh, gosh. Operations, as your entire business, absolutely has to be centered around your customer. So in operations, a lot of times we're we're constantly striving, trying to figure out how to make things more productive or how to be more efficient. Can we streamline certain things? Can we automate certain things? But don't ever attempt to make any type of improvement to your operations until you first 
received feedback from your customer. You may make a change or some type of an adjustment, and in your mind you're thinking, oh, well, this is, I think this is a great thing, but your customer may hate it. They may actually decide to leave and go to one of your competitors. So your customer, in, in Lean Six Sigma, we refer to that as the voice of the customer. Because who cares what, what you think? I, I always love the story about those products that were created with the intention of being one thing, and then eventually it was ultimately the customers who said, well, no, we think it should be this. And, and mm-hmm. one example, just really quickly, that comes to mind is Kleenex. Kleenex was actually, it was marketed as a disposable handkerchief. But over time, people started saying, well, wait a minute, actually, we like using it to remove makeup, and we like using it this way. And there were a number of ways that people were saying, People had even forgotten, well, what the heck is a handkerchief in the first place? (laughs) (laughs) And even with my own company, I've I've been in business 15 years now. What I started looks nothing like, well, what my company looks like today looks nothing like it did when I first started in 2005. Almost completely (laughs) different. And... Yes, yes. And, and you know what? Honestly, that longevity is, is primarily attributed to listening to the customer because they will tell you what, they, what you think they need isn't always necessarily what they want. And you have mm. to, at the, if you want to remain in business, you better give them what they want. <laughs> That's true. All right, so most entrepreneurs are trying to do it all. I mean, I understand I, there's a lot of process, processes and, yeah. and activities that I do myself uh, that I would have, be happy to pass along to someone else. Mm-hmm. But what parts of your business can be and should be outsourced, just in your opinion? So I'll say this very generically because obviously it would, it would vary for every, every business and, and every industry can be very different when it comes to this, but – in general, I would think anything that has to do with the legalities of being in business, so for example, drafting your own contracts, non-disclosure agreements, privacy policies, some industries are way more regulated than others. Make sure you outsource that legal type work so that you keep yourself and your company out of trouble. Outsource right. that to an actual attorney. You know, even when it comes to, you mentioned the book earlier, when it comes to any form of intellectual property, your podcast, the music that you use, all of this is copywritten information. Every single podcast that you publish becomes copyrighted material. So just understanding all of the legalities that go along with that and how to properly protect what you work so hard to create, outsource that to an attorney. Yes, you can educate yourself about it, and you should try to educate yourself about it, but at the end of the day, there's a reason they go to law school. <laughs> so if you ever need yeah. to defend yourself or, or, or take someone to court potentially. The other, the other key function that, again, generically should also be considered to be outsourced are bookkeeping and accounting-related things. Again, yes, you could, I'm sure in the beginning, you may be able to file your own business taxes, but is that really where your time is best spent? 
And why not mm-hmm. outsource it, again, to a certified public accountant or a, a tax advisor, a tax accountant, people who actually keep up with the law? You can't do it all in your business. You can't. It's impossible to keep up with all of these changes in, in laws and regulations that are taking place every year. So why not outsource that bookkeeping or, and or accounting function to an accountant as well? So those are two main areas where I think just generically across the board, most small businesses would probably be best served outsourcing that, that type of work. Mm, nice. So in the spirit of thinking about outsourcing, are there any key mm-hmm. tools like apps or uh, programs, you know, software programs that you particularly like or that are your favorite that you can suggest to the listeners who are small business owners that will help them increase efficiency or productivity or help them outsource and, and save time? Yes, there are so many. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just <laughs> try to, to boil it down to maybe three categories, if that's okay, because there, there really are a lot, a lot of great, amazing tools that are out there. So one are your scheduling systems. Like, for example, with you, I, I could already tell, Renika, before we even had this conversation, I was like, okay, she gets it. She understands the process. <laughs> she understands systems because you sent me a link to book this interview and then everything else was, was pretty much turnkey. I always felt as a guest that I knew what the next step was going to be. Mm-hmm. So in this sense, I'm your customer, and you never left me hanging wondering, well, is she going to ask me for this, or what? is she going to ask me some questions? What is she going to ask me? When, when is the interview? What, what date? What's the dial-in information? All of that information was provided instantly the moment that I was able to schedule the interview. So tools like Calendly and Acuity, there are, there are a number of different scheduling or booking tools that are out there, and some of them can be very specific to the type of industry that you're in. But, again, if we're mm-hmm. speaking generically, Calendly, and it's spelled like the word calendar, except with, instead of having the E-R at the end of the word, you would have L-Y, and then Acuity which is spelled A-C-U-I-T-Y. Those are two really good ones that I know of. Another one that I recommend is Slack. And Slack Mm. is an app. Slack is great for project management. So you and I were talking about website design. Slack would be a great way if you have a – whether it's a short-term or a long-term project, sometimes – when you have a lot of different people involved, especially in different stages, it's very easy for communications to get lost in your inbox, for example. Yes. Slack, by creating a Slack channel, and this is a free app, by the way. You can, you can access it via it, – it can be a software-based app, or you can use it via phone. But the great thing about it is that all of your communications, as it pertains to that particular project, or initiative that you're working on are contained in that one thread within Slack. It is a phenomenal tool. In fact, 
I'm currently using it right now, so I can just share with you and your audience the latest project that we're working on is our is a CRM upgrade, which is another type of tool, the third type of tool that I wanted to talk about. And so for those who may not be familiar with it, a CRM is your customer relationship management software. It is a way for you to be able to gather all of the contact information for all of your clients, your prospects, your leads, whatever, whatever contacts you want to be able to maintain a relationship with, you can put their information into a CRM-type software. And from there, you can do a number of different things. You can set up different email templates. You can set up reminders to alert yourself when a person's birthday might be or whether or not you want to have a reminder to reach out to a particular person every three months just to check in with them. There are, there are so many different things that you can do, but the fact that, again, all of the information is contained in one master database, it will significantly streamline your relationship management efforts. And so there, a very popular one is called HubSpot, H-U-B, S-P-O-T. That's an incredibly popular one. I, the one that we're using right now is called Begin, and it's by a company called Zoho, Z-O-H-O. And, mm, again, okay. there, there's another one called PipeDrive. There's so many of them. But if I had to recommend a specific resource, it's Capterra.com. When you go to Capterra.com, and that's C A P terra.com, you can type in the type of software that you're looking for, and it's going to crank out a listing based on the number of reviews of all of the different softwares that exist based, by, based on price point, based on number of reviews, and, and whatever other filters you may set up. But that's a great way to just to kind of see what's out there so you can get your feet wet especially if you want to consider having something like a CRM. Wow. Alicia, we can definitely tell why you are the operation <laughs> expert in business infrastructure. You have definitely taught us a lot just in these last couple of minutes. I mean, that is amazing. I have one last question. It has nothing to do with the topic that uh, we were talking about. I just like to ask my guests, uh, you know, just a little personal question. So mm-hmm. my question is, what's your favorite color and why? My favorite color is green. Mm-hmm. And green is my favorite color it, because it represents balance, reciprocity, harmony, and nature. And we all have a color where whenever we wear that color, Have you ever found that there's a certain color that you wear and people just, no matter when you wear that color or a certain shade of that color, people like, Renika, that's your color. Um, So green (laughs) is that color for me. Yes. And we all have it. We all have it. Green is, is that color for me. So if you go to any of my websites, if you look at any of my materials, green is in there somewhere. Um, And that's, that's the reason why. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much for your time, Alicia. I really appreciate you. I can't believe the time is up already. My goodness. <laughs> yes, you do me a favor. Can you please take the time to let everyone know how they can either purchase a copy of your book 
or seek your services? Absolutely. The best place to go where you can see everything is my personal website. That's aliciabutlerpierre.com. So A-L-I-C-I-A, B like boy, U-T-L-E-R, Pierre, P like Paul, I-E-R-R-E.com. And when, when you go there, you'll see the link to the book, the podcast, as well as my consulting company. Everything is right there, as well as ways that we can connect on social media. Awesome. Thank you so much. Any last words of encouragement for the listeners as they continue to strive for more? You know, I really, I'm glad you asked me that, because when I was thinking about the name of your podcast and what it represents, striving for more, when you're striving for more in your business, for a lot of us as entrepreneurs, that looks like scale. You want to continue growing your company, and you realize, you reach a certain point when you realize this is bigger than you. You have to get help. You want to take it to the next level, but you don't know how. So my advice is just get started. Just start. You're not going to, you don't know how to get there necessarily, but just start. And the way you start, I always Remember when, when you were growing up, did you ever hear about the three R's? Well, you're an educator, so of course you've heard of the three R's, yeah. reading, writing, <laughs> arithmetic. So I tell people, read something every day. Every day, read something, whether it's a chapter in a book, a magazine article, newspaper article, blog post. Read. Keep your, your mind sharp. Arithmetic, measure something in your business whether you're looking at the stock market every day, you're measuring how many, how many new guests you've, you've booked on your podcast, whatever, just find numbers or the metrics that matter the most to you and your business and measure something every day. And when it comes to, let's see, we talked about reading, arithmetic, writing, write something. So as you know, Renika, I'm very, you know, I write something every day on LinkedIn, for example. Write. Get in the habit of writing. This is how you're going to establish your expertise your, and, and establish yourself as the authority in whatever it is that you're really good at. But you have to write. It could also be in the form of doing your podcast. It could be in the form of blogging, creating a vlog on YouTube or Vimeo. But get into the habit every, and I do mean every single day, of the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic. And then lastly, you know my mantra, leave it better than you found it. A lot of times, especially in the consulting business, we make recommendations to our clients, and it can be heartbreaking when they don't follow your advice. But I always (laughs) ask myself, can I at least say that I left that client better than I found them? Did Did I leave that project? better than I found it? Did I, did I walk away? Is that person or that business better because of me having interacted with that person or that business? And that's really all that you can do. You have to let go of the outcome. Wonderful. <laughs> Seriously. I just want to say thank you uh, for taking the time out to educate myself, educate me, educate my guests, and uh, educate my audience. And I really appreciate that. I wish you nothing but blessings and abundance for anything that's to come in your future. 
Thank you so much, and I wish I wish you the same. This is this is great what you have going, and I will definitely tell as many people as I can about you and your work. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye. Business systems provide a foundation to strengthen your business's infrastructure. They are comprised of a collection of continuous business processes connecting workflow together to provide a greater and broader value for your company. If you have not done so already, write out the processes and or procedures for each major and minor task of your business. Completing this vital activity is helpful when it is time to hire help to scale and expand your business. If you like what you just heard and you want to find out more information about my guests, please visit the website and read the show notes. My website is www.striveformorepodcast.com. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms. Just search Strive, the number four and more podcast or just Strive for More. And you can follow us, like us, share any of our posts, links, or just give us a review. We appreciate you listening. Continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode.